I'm Jim Nichols, and this is the Life with Grace and Peace podcast. Thanks for choosing to spend just a little bit of your time with me. This is a podcast where I share thoughts on life. Really, it's about life abundant, this gift that Jesus offers his followers in John 10.10. Those followers would take the Jesus kingdom message, life abundant, wherever they went. Many of the letters we have in the New Testament include the phrase grace and peace. This is a greeting, certainly, but it's also much more than that. It's a way of living abundant. And so I'm looking for ways to share how I'm growing in a life with grace and peace. And this podcast is a place to share some of those those stories, those moments. So again, thanks for joining me. And I'm so honored that you've chosen to share these moments with me. My prayer is that as we spend this time together, we will sense the guiding presence of Holy Spirit as we walk deeper into the life of grace and peace. I saw a cartoon recently that showed a bunch of animals walking and observing all of the humans that were closed off in their home habitats. The caption under the picture said, so this is what it feels like to be in a zoo. (laughs) Like many others, I kind of feel that caged up zoo feeling. For two months, felt the drain as the fears and worries of this pandemic grab and claw away my sense of freedom. I've learned that being caged up, it's not fun. It's not how I want to live. I want to fly. I want to stretch and soar. I want to run and go and move. And I know how silly that sounds, but well, but I also know that I'm not alone. There is a deep down sense in all of us that longs for freedom, that longs for life. I talk and interact with folks all the time. And the brokenness of being caged up, well, it's written all over their faces and throughout their behaviors. We are built with a desire for something more. A couple months ago, we decided that uh, our refrigerator needed to be replaced. So we began the process of researching and purchasing the one we wanted. The day it arrived, we couldn't help but be awed by it as it stood so shiny and new. We wiped the handles down profusely after each time we opened the doors. We, we even remarked at how crisp the water was and how lovely the ice cubes uh, were. But then a week went by, well, and we no longer paused to take in its brilliance as we walked by. And it's still the same awesome fridge, but we don't wipe it down quite as much, and we've already started flinging the door shut. In another week or so, the same as cash payments will begin. And in no time, we will go from anticipating its arrival to working to pay it off. And finally, it'll just be an appliance doing its job. You know, I thought about it. This is the religion of consumption. We need something, but those needs often end up consuming us. We consume clothes or texts or bottles of wine or fancy cars, all with the promise that they're going to meet our need. But in no time, the things we were promised will make, that will make us happy, well, they end up possessing us, controlling us, binding us. The religion of consuming promises the more, but it rarely lives up to the bargain. In fact, it often leaves us emptier. It ends up caging us, clipping our wings. Clipped wings and cages create, well, they create huge regrets. And regrets open us up to see just how needy we are. Henry Nouwen admits, when I think about how I live my life and how others live their lives, I am amazed by how enormously needy I am. 
needs of affection, attention, affirmation, praise, influence, power, and success, they become the drive for much of my consumption. Now it continues, needs lead to wounds, and the wounds create new needs. And on and on it goes. I hate it when I read a book and it dials in and touches a nerve. But I love it when I'm also given the way out of the cage. You see, when I live out of my woundedness, my goal becomes to satisfy at all costs my needs on my own. In that woundedness, I forget that the most important need I have has already been filled. You know, the greatest need any of us have is to be loved and accepted. Every other attempt, there are just ways to fill an unfillable hole. I've been given a gift, and yet, like a bird that sits in her cage with the door wide open, I don't access it. In Hebrew, the gift is called the hesed of God. Hesed is almost untranslatable. It's too big of an idea. We often say it's the loving kindness and mercy from God, a God that embraces us as we are. In Greek, the word is agape. It's the highest form of love. Agape is the best intentions for another, regardless of our feelings. In the ancient world, agape was merely philosophical. And that is until the Jesus people started turning up with a God who unconditionally loved all people, and then they unconditionally loved all people. According to Nowen, it's the unconditional love that we all crave and that we need. When unconditional love is held back, we end up being wounded. And from this woundedness, we seek all kinds of ways to fill the hole, that hole left with anything that we can find. In the search, we end up feeling empty and disappointed, still longing to fly, but stuck sitting in this cage. Yet this is exactly what Jesus came to invite us into. This is his gift. He came showing us the God who is love. It's not good enough, as my old professor Ben Witherington says, to talk about a loving God. Instead, we have to start with this one phenomenal reality, this bending statement that changes everything. This isn't just a loving God. This God is love. Most of the world's gods are anything but loving. Other gods are petty and demanding. Other gods are transactional in their love. We give and we get. But the God who is love sees us exactly as we are and still loves us. This God sees the messes we make, the wounds we carry, and desires for us, for you and me, to be made whole. Is that not remarkable? This God of love knows our deepest needs and knows we cannot be whole and healed until we experience love, the love that only he can give. This love invites us, well, it invites us to be found in, in him, in his love. Well, so did the Beatles get it right? Is it true that all we need is love? I guess it depends on the love we're talking about. Hesed and agape are completely different from all other loves. On their own, the other loves are consuming, they're needy, unconditional. Agape, hesed, love, never leaves somebody the same. It transforms and it fills and it frees rather than creates any list of mandatory steps to repay. 
God's love is unconditional, accepting us just as we are, inviting us to never be the same. God's love removes the stigma of our wounds and replaces our loss with belonging. God's love brings us out of the cage and invites us to soar. God's love always brings abundant life. God's love doesn't invite us to consume stuff, but instead God's love consumes us in the brilliant purity of holiness. If you're wounded right now, if you're racing to consume, if you're looking for love but only find that you're still in the cage, then I can, can I invite you to take a small second and hear this truth? You were made for more. The God who is love loves you. No strings attached. You don't have to clean up for it to be given. It is there and it is yours. But I warn you, God's love will transform you. It will change you because that is its power. It will bring out the best in you and it will challenge your thoughts and your beliefs. It will reveal the places where healing is most needed. It'll shine a light on dark places, scary places. And it will revive and fill and renew you unlike any other counterfeit. I hope you'll hear these words today. You are loved unconditionally. I hope if you have heard those words before, you might see the cheap knockoffs of love that you might have returned to. I hope you'll see transformation this week and that you'll have wounds healed. I hope we'll get lost in the love of the one who is love. And that as we do, the world will hear us say, hey, you're loved too. I hope you'll join me again next week as uh, we take a bit of a pause from Henry Nouwen's book, Following Jesus, and instead explore one of my favorite of all of the Christian holy days, Pentecost. It's a day that was the longing of so many generations. It was fulfilled 50 days after Jesus' resurrection, but now is sadly almost completely forgotten by the church. And it has been forgotten to our detriment. We need Pentecost. We need the longing of this day to fill us as much as the 40 days of Lent prepares us for Easter. Uh, I'm getting ahead of myself, so I'll just stop and I'll just say I hope you'll stop by again next week. Until then, once again, know you are loved by the God who is love. You are loved unconditionally. You are loved right where you are. And if you're ready to accept that, well, then be prepared. Your cage is about to open. And as it does, you're going to step in to the transformational life that this love brings. So let's go and soar. So as you go, may the loving God, the grace of His Son, and the power of the Spirit go with you as we continue to share this life, this life with grace and peace.